Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Good to be here. I love LifeGate Church. It is so cool. You know, you come every Sunday and, you know, we just take things for granted. But this is a great church. I just want you to know it is super in every, every way. So proud of our family, our son and daughter in love and our grandkids. Wow, we are just, we are just really, really proud of them and excited. And, and I'm honored today that I was uh, uh, asked to come and, and share today. All right. So it's just a real honor to be here. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Are you ready for the word? All right. Listen, I'll be a better preacher if you'll be a better responder, all right? So if you'll respond, I will do a lot better this morning, all right? Amen. Well, let's get started this morning. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of words, the power of words, now, please understand that this message today is for everybody. But with it being Father's Day, it is even more important because there are no more powerful words spoken than the words spoken from a father to his children. You see, kids go to mama for love, for affection, for sympathy, but, but, but they go to the father for affirmation. See, de- children desperately need the approval of their father. Words are powerful, but especially the words of a father. Today, I want to make three statements about the power of words, and that's what we're talking about today. And the first statement that I want to make this morning is this, and that is words can hurt. Words can hurt. Psalms 64 verse 3 says, they sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, harsh words make tempers flare. Proverbs 18 and 8 says, rumors are are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. And one more, Psalm 52 verse 2 says, all day long you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. Words can hurt. Critical words. Have you ever been zinged by criticism? It hurts, doesn't it? Criticized perhaps for how you talk or maybe for how you dress or or maybe criticized for how you do something. There was a preacher who consistently criticized and even made fun of me for my golf swing. He stopped after I beat him every time I played against him. (laughs) Words hurt. Critical words. Condescending words. I'm the youngest of four children. My sister was the oldest and then my parents had three boys. I was an oops baby. My father already had eeny, meeny, and miny, and he didn't want no more. (laughs) 
But I came along anyway. I'm going to tell a couple of stories that's very difficult for me to tell, and I've never told them publicly. And I would not tell them if my father and mother were still alive, just so you know. My father and I, we didn't get along very well when I was growing up. My mom said we were too much alike. I don't know. I think my dad was just tired. (laughs) I was his least favorite child, and it showed. When I was about 12, my dad built a house. And he took my two older brothers with him to build this house. And he left me, the baby of the family, 12 years old, he left me at home to help mom. I didn't want to stay home and help mom. I I wanted to be a man. I wanted to be with the men. I wanted to be with the guys. I wanted to go build a house. And I told my father, I said, I don't want to stay home with mama. I want to go with you, and I want to go with my brothers. I want to go build a house. Why can't I go build a house? Why can't I go? He went to his truck, and he pulled out a two-by-four and a hammer and three nails. And he took that two-by-four and those three nails, and he came over to me, and he put them on the ground, and he said, he handed a hammer to me and and a nail to me, and he says, drive a nail. 16-penny nail. I'm 12 years old. I put the nail in there, and I hit it a couple of times, and I bend it. He hands me another nail. says, nail it? I try it again. I bent the second nail. He hands me the third nail. He says, hammer the nail in the board. I nailed the third one. Bent it again. He said, that's why you're not going with me. Words hurt, Right? Hurt. One day I was kind of going at it with my father, and I don't know how what we were all talking about, but anyway, I finally told him, I said, I don't know why, I don't know why I, don't, I have problems at home. I don't have problems anywhere else. I said, I said, I'm very popular in school. I said, I'm the captain of the football team, and I'm the president of student council. My father said, yeah, but we know what you're really like. Wait, what? Words hurt. Words hurt. Condescending words. By the way, my father apologized to me later in life, and I was his favorite the last several years. I I climbed the ladder from the bottom all the way to the top. (laughs) Words hurt. Contentious words. Now, contentious means words that are likely to cause an argument or stir something up. (laughs) Do you know anybody like this? Don't look around or point at anyone, please. But but do you know anyone like this? I mean, they're always in the middle of controversy, always stoking the fire. They just love to dangle the bait, hoping that someone will bite and the, the debate will begin. Uh, Oh, the pandemic revealed a host of contentious people, right? Uh, Oh, it seemed that we went from one controversy to the other. Uh, It was amazing how many experts there were. I didn't know before the pandemic how many experts that there were. (laughs) Words can hurt. Even just careless words. 
See, if we truly understood the power of words, we wouldn't be so careless with our words. The psalmist said in Psalm 141 and verse number 3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I'm pretty sure that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Talking about the power of words today. Words can hurt, but, but, but the good news is words can help. Words can help. Proverbs 10 verse 32 says, The lips of the godly speak helpful words. And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, he says, don't use foul or abusive language. He says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I want to give you four types of words that are helpful. Number one, complimenting words. Complimenting words. Mark Twain said, I can live two months on a good compliment. I actually know of a pastor who stores all the compliments that come to him by text or email. He says, when someone is criticizing me or he says, when I'm a little bit down or a little bit depressed about things not going as well as they could or as well as I think that they should, he said, I pull up those compliments on my phone and I read them over and over and over and they help pick me up. By the way, how long has it been since you complimented your pastors? Let me, let me let you in on a little secret this morning. That is, people are a, a whole lot freer with their complaints and, and criticism than they are with their compliments. Words can help. Confirming words. I remember several years ago when I was pastoring in another city, I needed a, a certain position filled. And I remember going to talk to one of the members in my church and he was, he was doing some work on his house and he's working in the backyard. I can see it like it was yesterday. And I walked back to where he was working and I began to talk to him a little bit and I began to tell him, listen, listen, there's a position that we need to fill in the church. And, and I said to him, I said, man, I think you would do an incredible job. I think you're the man for the job. Tears started streaming down his face. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I'm 30 years old. That's the first time in my entire life I've ever heard anybody tell me they thought I'd do good at anything. Not only did he fill the position, but, but a little bit later I helped him get his credentials with the Assemblies of God. And, and then later he became a pastor. And then later than that, he also became an Assemblies of God missionary serving in Papua New Guinea. Words can help. When my kids were, lo- were young, I did this to both of my children. I hope they remember On purpose, I, on a Sunday, I took, I said, ride home with dad today. Told Chad, ride home with dad today. Chad got in the car and we drove for a little while driving home. And then I purposely pulled to a side street and I pulled over and I stopped the car. And I looked at my son, my little boy, and I said to my son, I said, Chad, you're my son. And I love you. 
And I want you to know that your daddy loves you. And that your daddy is proud of you. And son, I want you to know, I want you to know that, that, that if I could pick any little boy in the whole world to be my boy, son, I pick you. And my daughter, Krista, got a little older. I did the same thing to her. Ride with dad today. She got in the car with me. We drove a little ways. I pulled over to the car. I looked her in the eye and I said, Krista, you're daddy's little girl. I want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that I'm proud of you. I want you to know that if daddy would be able to pick any girl in the whole world to be his little girl, Krista, I want you to know that I would choose you. Words help. Confirming words. How about cultivating words? Harry Hopman built an Australian dynasty in world tennis. In world tennis, he did it through cultivation. He took a very slow player and nicknamed him Rocket. <laughs> and he took a frail, weak, skinny little kid and named him Muscles. Rod, Rocket, Laver, and Ken Muscles Rosewall became two of the greatest tennis players of all time. Why? Because someone took the time to cultivate them, speaking positive, encouraging, life-changing words over them. Words can help. The fourth type of words that can help are, are challenging words. Challenging words. When your pastor was going into his sophomore year in high school, I moved our family. I moved us from Elk City, Oklahoma to Midland, Texas, a place that we had never been to in our life, not even one time. We left an established church of around 300 on a Sunday morning, went to a city we had never been in before, planted a brand new church from scratch, starting with only one family besides ours. Seven people in all were committed to this church. Now, Pastor Chad has always been an outstanding baseball player from the time he was in T-ball. <laughs> I remember umpiring a T-ball game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never do that again. The mamas will kill you. <laughs> it's T-ball, people. <laughs> but from the time he was in T-ball until he graduated, he was always, and this is not dad talking, this is the truth, he was always the best player on every single team he ever played on. In fact, when he was in the ninth grade, the high school coach wanted him to play on the varsity team. But we moved his sophomore year to Midland, Texas. Nobody knew my son. All the players had grown up playing together. Chad was an outsider. He showed up for baseball practice. Not only did they not place him on the varsity squad, they didn't even place him on the junior varsity. They placed him on the sophomore team. And Chad was crushed and he cried. And he said, Dad, I'm going to quit. And I said, Chad, they don't know you. 
They, they, they don't know you. We're new in town. These boys have been playing for years. They don't know you, son. They, they don't know what you can do. I said, you and I both know that you don't belong on the sophomore team, even though he was a sophomore. I said, you go back out there and you prove that you don't belong on that team. And he did just that. He went back, and I don't know, if I may have the time wrong, but a practice or two, and the sophomore coach said to him, Benson, what are you doing here, man? Get up there to the JV team. Chad went to the JV squad, and some little time into the season, I believe it was, the JV coach said, Benson, you deserve a varsity uniform. Get a varsity uniform. And he ended up making MVP before he graduated. Listen, words can help. Words can help. Challenging words. Oh, oh, I encourage you today. Tell someone you can when everybody else is telling them they can't. Challenge someone to do more and be more and care more and love more. Because sometimes all that stands between victory and defeat is a, a challenging word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words have power. Words, words can hurt. Words can help. And, and words can heal. Words can heal. Proverbs 10, verse number 11 said, The word, words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. Oh, don't you love that? Let me say that again. Read it again. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. Proverbs 12 and 18 says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. I ask you this morning, which would you rather be known for, making cutting remarks or bringing healing? Verse 25 of Proverbs 12 says, an encouraging word cheers a person up. Let me give you three types of words that heal this morning. Number one, comforting words. Comforting words. Words as simple as, it's okay. I mean, I mean, you, you just royally messed up, but somebody comes alongside of you, puts their arm on your shoulder and simply says, it's okay. It's okay. Comforting words. Words like, I understand. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. I understand. Comforting words. Words like, I love you and I'm here for you. Words can heal. Commending words. <laughs> Everybody likes to be commended. Listen, a word of commendation brings reassurance. Let me let you in on a little secret. Everyone is insecure. Everyone. Bubba, even you. Everyone is insecure. The most confident people still battle insecurity. See, arrogance is often just a cover-up for insecurity. Now, some are more insecure than others, of course, but we all battle it. And so husbands and wives, need, they need words of commendation from each other. 
See, I love to be commended by my members in the lobby after I preach on Sunday, but, but the commendation that I'm always waiting on and looking for and look most for and appreciate the most comes from my wife. Children need commendation from their parents. But hey, let me tell you, let me tell you, parents need it from their children. I love it when my son calls me his hero and his best friend. And speaking of friends, friends need commendation from each other. Recently, the Holy Spirit, I've got in my notes revealed, but actually it was conviction. Recently, the Holy Spirit convicted me and revealed to me how much one of my friends needed my praise. He needed my recognition. He needed my affirmation. He needed my commendation. See, in the past, I'd been guilty of one-upping him. <laughs> That's what we do, right? Somebody said, the first liar doesn't have a chance. You know, you're going to get one-upped. And in the past, I was guilty of one-upping my friend. Not by lying, but... Just, oh, you think, well, let me tell you... <laughs> You had 10, I had 15. <laughs> I have since purposely stopped doing that and instead I try to give him the commendation that he seems to need from me. Words can heal. Consistent words. See, see our comforting and commending words can only bring healing if they're consistent. I promise you that people who are guilty of critical and condescending and contentious and careless words are very consistent. See, I, I had to overcome a lot of negative words that were spoken to me and over me by my father and by my siblings. My brother, a year older than me, consistently called me dumber. That was my name. Hey, dumber. Dumber. Consistently. My sister called me poor little dumb boy. <laughs> poor little dumb boy. <laughs> well, you're six years older than me. You're supposed to know more than I do. But God placed some very wonderful, godly people in my life as an adult who consistently spoke positive words over me. And I am neither wounded nor overly insecure today. I'm told that I'm not lacking in confidence. <laughs> Why? Because God had used, has used some godly people to consistently speak positive, uplifting, affirming, life-changing words to me. But I want to tell you something even greater than that. Oh, even greater than that is that my life was changed and continues to be changed by the word. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the power of words today, but oh, there's nothing more powerful than the power of the word. The word, God's word. Do you know what God's word says about you? It says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. It says that his workmanship, his workmanship in your creation is absolutely marvelous. 
It says that he has a plan for your life. And this plan is to bless you and not to curse you. His plan all for you includes prospering you and giving you a future and a hope. That's God's word to you today. Listen to these two scriptures this morning. Psalm 107 and verse 20 says he sent his word and healed them. And John 6 and 63, Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Words can heal, especially the words of Jesus. I challenge you to read the words of Jesus and I challenge you to speak the words of Jesus over your family and over your friends for his words are spirit and they are life. The takeaway for the message this morning is simply this. Our words have the power to build someone up or tear someone down. Which will it be? Father, I just pray that you'll take this word today. Lord, not the little sermon that I put together, but Lord, out of the sermon, the true, true miracle, life-altering, life-changing, miracle-working word. God, may your word bring healing and hope today. In Jesus' name. Could you all stand with me just for a moment, please? Everyone standing. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this room this morning. You know what? I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand this morning. I'm just going to say this. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been wounded by the words of others. Maybe it was a father. Maybe it was a mother. Maybe it was a brother or sister. Maybe it was a best friend. Maybe it was a pastor. You've been wounded by the words others and you need healing this morning maybe you're here this morning and you're the one that's done the wounding you've wounded others you've said things you've said things maybe to your own kids maybe to your wife maybe to your husband maybe to your own parents maybe you're the wounder you've wounded you need repent you need forgiveness of that healing for that and then number three maybe you're here this morning you want to you want to you want to fully recognize and understand how powerful words really are and from this moment on you want to make it your purpose to speak life altering life changing you want to be a fountain of encouraging words to others. I'm not talking about flattery. I'm not talking, not, no, 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 no. Genuine, 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 real. Paying attention to somebody and seeing potential in them and pulling that potential out of them through the words that you speak over them.